Digital Digital Get Down. Yo! It's your two favorite hosts, Bennett and Heather. Hello! And this is episode 82. Wow, how many years have we been doing this for? Uh, two, three? Are we going to count down our best episodes of the 2010s? Are we doing that thing? I'm kind of... I don't, I don't know if I don't believe in it or if I'm mm-hmm. just too lazy. I can't figure it out. Same thing with those, like, 10-year challenge photos. Yeah. First of all... I kind of do believe it's for like some sort of uh, algorithm that some company mm. wants of aging algorithms. Probably. Um, also, I'm just too lazy. Also, like if we wait a little longer, mm. our version of that can be us holding a baby. Yeah. Which I would be more mm. dramatic than just like look at all the wrinkles I have now. Right. And, and plus you're pregnant, darker. so that would skew your... 10-year shift a bit. It's true. You didn't progressively go grow Get this fatter. large. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't gain 35 pounds over the past 10 years. No. Yeah. So you're right. That would skew it a little bit. Okay. What I'm more upset about right now... Hit me with it, babe. It's just capitalism in general. Mm. And just... It was like one thing when Black Friday was like a day. Just people getting trampled at Walmart. But it was just like... Leave it at that. It was just like one day. Correct. And then it progressed to Thursday. Gotta get in by midnight, before midnight. And now it's like, Black Friday starts now when it's like the Sunday before. I did most of my shopping two weeks ahead of time and then the Monday and the Tuesday. All of the stores released their ads like the mm. beginning of November. So you already knew what the deals were, which was a little anticlimactic. Yeah. I guess it's nice that you could like comparison shop and figure out a plan, but still. It just stressed me out because then I just had all the items in my cart and mm-hmm. all these different stores to compare the prices and if they changed. Yeah. And then it's like Black Friday is extended till Saturday and Sunday. And now it's like Cyber Monday starts now, even though it's a Sunday. It's you If you're calling it Black Friday, it has to just be Friday. If you're calling it Cyber Monday, it just has to be they Monday. They should just call it. They should do what I recommended, first of all, which is that scrap the whole Pilgrim Native American vibe to Thanksgiving and just consider it the kickoff to your holiday season, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas or Kwanzaa or New Year's, and just call it like the holiday kickoff sale or something. Yeah. Don't try to pigeonhole it into these days because nobody cares because very few people are actually going to the stores in the really, first place. Really, we need to just move Thanksgiving and have it be earlier. If they're gonna, if everybody's gonna have like all the Christmas shit in November, mm. why don't we just move Thanksgiving to the beginning of November? Thanksgiving is trash. I know you think that. Honey. They should get rid of Columbus Day and truly make it Indigenous Peoples Day. Yeah. And do if you want to do the uh, like, the Pilgrim vibe, then do it then. And have it be like your harvest meal. Yeah. And well, that's when Canadian Thanksgiving is anyway. Yeah. Because once Day. you've sworn off the NFL like us, there's like l- unless you're a huge parade person or a dog show person, there's like literally nothing else. Literally nothing to do. Thanksgiving specific. Yeah. I mean, it was a little different for us because we just hung out here yeah. this year and we still have pumpkin pie Extra spiteful, probably, but... But, yeah. How dare you give me a four-day weekend? Yeah, that part was nice. All right, do you want to go into newses before we get too riled up? Um, yeah, I just had a few other quick thoughts, you know, okay. off the top, like okay, you like okay. to have sometimes. Uh, obviously, child or no child, we're going to do, like, a three-hour special on His Dark Materials sometime. Sure. This last episode was better... Than the previous two. I was okay with the pilot. The middle two so far were like, eh. And this last one was good. But I really just want a spinoff of uh, Boreal coming over into our modern world. 
And just and just having coffee and cars and figuring out his smartphone. Figuring out a smartphone. Yeah. yeah. Um, my other big decision of the week was that we are going to cut cable at some point in the future. I know you keep saying that, and I'm just kind of going along with it for now. Are you saying you're going to put up a fight at some point? No, I don't care enough to put up a fight, no. but I'm not like super gung ho about it either. So we would get rid of the cable box, but we would pay for a service that gives you like 70 channels instead of the 2,000. All the ones we watch. I'm just not thrilled about it being YouTube because I hate their ads. But you don't get ads. You get, it's just the channels. No, no. I hate the ads for it that pop up every time I you know, go I see on to YouTube. Saying. I don't want to reward okay. their marketing scheme. All right. Um, I feel like I might prefer Hulu. Oh, I hate their interface and it's, the app is so bad on here. Okay. Well, we can talk so about it. So bad. We can talk about it. Um, but I've been, I need help in terms of cable TV because I only watch... Asking for help is the first step. <laughs> I only watch The Office, Friends, Big Bang Theory, and 21, Jump Street. Or Jump Street because yes. they're on every And day. Hallmark now. And Hallmark. And I... You're going to give up the Hallmark channel? I assume it's on there. Yeah. They must give it away for free. I mean, it's only been like, what, three days since Thanksgiving, which is when I allowed myself to put the Hallmark channel back on. And I'm about done with it already. Already? Yeah. Yeah. We've already seen, like, the same movies repeated. Correct. And then they only have, like, eight actresses that are just in different roles. So but it the also most jarring one yesterday. I noticed yes. it from the opening credits. Did you not, didn't connect I wasn't it. paying that much attention. Yeah. Julie from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Which we have, we're still trying to get through. We're on the last season now, right? We should have binged that as a football-esque thing, but... Well, we would just watched every sitcom Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, I don't need to do that again. There's a couple good moments from the Friends ones. and no. The first New Girl one is like a really cute, funny, like unexpected joke Thanksgiving themed episode. Which one was that? The one where Justin Long comes yeah. over. That one's cool because it's only like six episodes into that whole entire show. So like yeah. you're just getting to know everybody. It's a good setup episode. But the other ones are just like a reminder that... There is very little to talk about in the context of Thanksgiving. Yeah. So let's smush Shove three plots. Guests. We didn't even yeah. watch the one where they each Thanksgiving or whatever, where they no, each bring. No, didn't a, make it to that one. Where they each bring a eligible friend or something. Yeah. Yeah, we do need to finish Friday Night Lights sometime though. But yeah, so Julie Taylor from Friday Night Lights yeah. is old, looks disturbingly like Lori Laughlin. Correct. Like but if has you her were same voice from Friday Night Lights. Correct. Yeah. I don't know if she like ever got that liver. Like, she could be, like, Lori Laughlin's like... One of the fake like SAT oldest, daughters. Oldest daughter or, yeah. like, younger sister or something. It was very off-putting. Yeah. Is that all your intro thoughts, or...? I think so. That's it, yeah. Okay. We've also been, um, like, binge-watching Jeopardy. Yeah. Well, for some reason, Comcast has given me DVR even though I don't pay for it. So it lets you record, I don't know how many hours, but so it's still all working. All we record is Jeopardy. It's because true. Because we're elderly people. Yeah. But we watched the entire um, Tournament of Champions or whatever they call it. How do you feel about the greatest of all time thing coming up? I had that saved in my upcoming. See, I'm not, I'm not enough of a junkie where I like have forged personal bonds with these people. Like, I'm a week-to-week -week Jeopardy guy. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to see that guy on for five days. After that, move on. I never want to see you again, honestly. Get out of my life. I thinking about this in the shower earlier. I think mm. if I ever got on Jeopardy... You were thinking to Alex, about Alex Trebek in the no. shower? I think if I ever got on Jeopardy and I won, I would just be like, I'm good. Thanks, guys. Oh, shit. Like, do you have to come back? Are you contractually allowed? Like, um, I think you probably sign up to it. Obligated. Because I just feel like... The way I go drop with, the mic and the walk? way I go with Jeopardy, I'd be like, I'll take that twenty grand. I'm good. 
I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go on a streak. I'm not smart enough to beat like you. That would, many you would want to go out as the only person to ever leave Jeopardy as the winner. Yes. Wow. Never be defeated. You thought of that on your own? Yeah. Wow. Go out on top. Because like I know my limits. I have certain categories that I'm like pretty good at, and I'm pretty decent at random knowledge. Yeah. I think partially because of teaching, because I have Probably. like a really shallow uh knowledge level (laughs) really shallow level of knowledge on a lot of different topics both religion actually religion has helped because there was a lot of religion questions true religion and sciencey stuff Mm -hmm. so i think i have like a really shallow level of knowledge on a wide area of things Mm -hmm. but i know i could never like go on a streak i think i could get lucky and win one yeah. thing. I don't it's think I could win. It's just too hard because you two. have of the whole physical buzzer element too. Like you have to be quick. You have to be confident. Well, that's and the only reason that I'm quicker than you when we play is that I, I, you have to listen to the question. Yeah. I read the question. I give Alex his, his time. Yeah, but the whole point, the best players, they read the question and they have the answer already. <sighs> but I, yeah, I would struggle with confidence too because at home on the couch, you can just be like, blah, this answer. And then if you're right, you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. cool. But, like, would you actually be confident enough to And you're saying that in? no one knew who Tom Hanks was because there was a video issue that day. That's what Twitter told me. It would make sense because they were all kind of looking askance. Yeah, they looked a little confused. Hmm. Okay, news is go. Quick. Okay. You want my good or my bad? This is a school night we're recording you want good on. good or bad? Uh, bad than good. Okay. Um, do you want progressively bad? Of course. Okay. Um, MGM Music Hall at Fenway? I don't know that sequence of words. (laughs) (laughs) They're building a music hall Uh at Fenway. I think it's meant to be like the old, like, what was it, Avalon Ballroom we went to that concert once? Oh, you mean that became House of Blues? Yeah, but there's House of Blues still there. So why do you need need the MGM Music Hall? It's at the end. It must be going where Jillian's is. Wow, I'm rusty on my... It's on the corner. Like, if you keep walking past where there's like the sketchy gas station. Yeah. There's, like, that corner. Yeah. If you walk past the House of Blues, past Fenway, keep yeah, walking yeah, yeah. down that it's street. It's a sketchy corner. Why would you go that far? They're building the MGM Music Hall. I don't understand. I thought maybe you were going to say it's a replacement for having the on-field concerts. But no, you're saying it's just a indoor music venue. Yeah, but they already have the House of Blues. Hmm. And maybe it's meant to be more of, like, a concert hall where, like, sit down. Because House of Blues is basically a club with a stage. Disco ball, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was very strange. Wow. Um, I saw this tweet by someone. I don't know if they're famous or not. They've got to check, but that means nothing on Twitter anymore. Um, but they said their tweet was, what would happen if everyone stopped going to therapy and used that time to help other people? That's a weird shot to take. Weird take. (laughs) Weird take. First of all, like why? Nobody's, this isn't like a discourse that's going on. Yeah. Like second of all. Very, very unique to be anti-therapy. Yeah. And like, why are you choosing that time to help other people? Like, do you not understand the fundamentals of therapy? Yeah. Like me going to therapy and spending that hour every couple weeks or whatever. Yeah. Is helping other people in my life because I get my shit together. Amen. I just don't understand. What why about you all would, those like, therapists who would instantly go out of business? Yeah. Who would who would be there to help Who's them? them? <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was such a random and huh. like unnecessarily nasty. Take. I'm sure Twitter responded in a like very even and balanced yeah. manner. It was just like not even offensive, just like a dumb take. Like number one, do not understand what therapy is and how it helps people. Hmm. And number two, why? Why are you just saying this? Like, a thought that you had, and you're just like, mm. I'm going to be nasty and put this on Twitter? Like, I just, 
I don't get it. Like there's helping yourself of, helps other people. There's a lot of dumb things that the majority of Americans do every day that take up time that I could see right? you. Why are yeah. you going after that hour that's a week every week or every month or something? Yeah. Like why isn't it how about you stop scrolling Facebook and use that time to help yeah. people? How take about a, you stop take an afternoon Netflix off from a brewery? Yeah. And use it to help people. Yeah. Instead of like therapy, which actually does help people. Wow. Just a weird take. And okay. I was just like frustrated by that mentality of Speaking of oh, social whatever. media, I'll jump in with one of mine. Okay. I had jotted this down from a while ago. The uh Sarah Dessen scandal. Yeah. Are we talking I about it? I think it faded very quickly, so we don't need to talk about it. I saw but... a piece on it yesterday. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Uh it it was a roundup of like the worst YA takes of the year and that was one got of them. It. Um for anyone who doesn't know, Sarah Dessen Got very upset about some uh, nasty uh, quote about her. It was like three years old, though? It was like three years old and taken a little bit out of context. Um, Even in context, it wasn't super flattering to her, but it was part of a bigger message about diverse books and and trying to include books with broader themes. I, w- I was on board with Sarah Dessa in terms of I would grab my pitchfork for her when I first heard about it. But the fact that it's three years old makes me think she was like either sloppy and didn't and didn't realize it. But it, it's an overreaction if it's three years old. You actually drew more attention to it than yes, it's three years it originally old. Had and uh, the student who said it, because it was a university, a college student, got like death threats from people over mm. it. So it was a classic internet thing that got out of hand no where she like saw a quote just kind of had a feeling about it so she probably wanted somebody to... highlighted it to her Maybe. look at what this person said about you um and like she had some valid points of like just because ya is aimed at teenage girls or is about teenage girls doesn't make it not serious or not worth reading mm-hmm. and i think those are valid points but when you looked at the context of the bigger article where it was talking about having more diverse and inclusive books mm-hmm. and broadening the horizon of the books that were going to be included on this like college list or syllabus or something. Yeah. It was it's an like, award mm, or something. I maybe think. this is like the wrong hill to die on here. Yeah. Like yes, there that is there is a valid conversation to be had about not uh, automatically devaluing things just because teenage girls are interested in them. Mm-hmm. However, this might not have been the specific quote or the specific um, specific example to yeah. to stake your flag on. Like You've tried reputa- this one before. Stake your reputation. That's on. better. Yeah. Yeah. So I I kind of stayed neutral to it, and I'm glad that I did. I didn't like jump in super her defense. I maybe retweeted one or two things that were about mm-hmm. like why is valid, no matter who it's about why is valid, but I didn't like super jump to her defense. But then it was very awkward for all the authors that did, like, jump to her defense that had to backtrack and apologize. And right. It was weird. Do you equate Twitter with the real world anymore? Like, if something's a big deal on Twitter, are you like, wow, this has, like, hit the world? Not generally. I okay. use it in the opposite way. In yeah. that if something is big in the world, I assume I'll hear about it on Twitter. Yeah. Like, big news events yeah, and things. Yeah, no, I mean separate from that. I'm talking about, like, I know, scandal. I'm saying yeah. I only gotcha. do it in reverse. Gotcha. I'm saying okay. I assume if it's bigger than the world, I hear about it on Twitter. But if I see it on Twitter, I do not assume it I is. I see. Yeah. Thank you for answering my question. <laughs> You're welcome. What is a weird interview now? Cheers. <laughs> what are we drinking tonight? Tea. Potpourri. You're, you're drinking the potpourri no, one this again? Is the, the this is the mint combination. Okay. This one's third trimester tea, for the record. 
You want to swap? Um, you got m things worse than that. I don't remember yes. what you were originally talking um, about. Melissa Benoist, you know, from Glee and Supergirl. Supergirl. She posted this very intense Instagram TV thing that was like 20 minutes long. I never do Instagram TV. I still don't understand it. But Good. I watched it in this case. And um, she revealed that she had been the... Um, she'd been suffering from domestic violence for quite a long time in a previous relationship Yikes. Uh, during the first season of Supergirl and detailed, not like gory graphic details, but like detailed mm -hmm. how it happened and how she got out of it. And um, it, it was awful. It was very brave of her to speak up. She's saying she's basically speaking up because it is such a problem that so many people face and it's not talked about and people don't know how to get help or don't know how to don't recognize the signs. Yeah. Um, so she gave this very honest personal um, story or personal narrative about how, what it's like to suffer from and how she got out of it. Sounds like and a was, good use of social media. It was a good use of social media. It was very intense and it's also very awkward because everyone knows who it is. Oh, am I supposed to know who it is? It's not an NFL player, I'm guessing. Uh, no, it's one of her fellow Glee people. Short over street. No. Oh, this is going to be fun. I know it's not. The uh, one with the swoopy hair that was on the Glee Project? The Irishman? No. Hmm. No. I don't want to get charged for libel. Slander if it's spoken. Whatever. If we don't put in the show notes. I assumed that was a member of the Kardashians. <laughs> no, you would recognize this guy. How's Chor doing? How's this guy? How's Kurt doing? Ford has Chris, some country songs. Chris, Chris has a, Colfer. Uh, Chris has a bunch of new children's books that have been doing really well. Mm -hmm. why, did Beck, why did Becca Tobin... Oh, yeah. Him. That guy was so nice on Glee. So we thought. Jeez. Um. Okay. They were engaged and everything. Wow. How come Becca Tobin only got the one Hallmark movie? The dance one. Um... How come? I would guess that Are she kind to the of Lady thinks, Gang still? She kind of thinks it's beneath her and did it for Ooh. some money and uh, was not a huge fan of it. Wasn't the best one, but I think it did still have my favorite quote. Read? You want me to read, no, Daniel? to read, Daniel. <laughs> um, are we going to watch the Leah Michelle um, Christmas movie? Christmas in Hawaii or whatever the fuck movie what that was service on ABC Family? What service is that family? on? Uh, sure. It's a multiracial one, at least. You were talking about how there's no black people on Hallmark. Yeah. Um, that was one of my other newses, was that um, supposedly Hallmark and Lifetime have both really statements saying, yes, we know that it's all white people, and we're working on upping our diversity and our LGBT representation. Good. So they are aware that it's an issue. Glad we weren't the first ones to tell them. It's like a little bit too little too late at this point, but... Hmm. But yeah, the Leah Michelle one is, um, her the love interest is a black dude. And okay. it takes place in Hawaii for no reason. Cool. I have one more bad news that came out today. Mm -hmm. There's, I think it's Pennsylvania, lawmakers have tried to release a bill that would require you to have a death certificate for fertilized eggs that never implanted. Huh. Basically this is equating it. like an abortion it, type thing? Yes. Basically mm. equating it to an abortion if you have an egg that doesn't implant. Okay. That is horrifying. And I, I'm sure there's no way it's ever going to pass and they're just doing it to like see what's the most extreme thing they can get away with. But it's just none of these things are science. Like this, it's the same thing with the ones that's like if you have an ectopic pregnancy where it's in your fallopian tube that there's some law in maybe Ohio or somewhere where yeah. like 
they're trying to say that you have to re-implant it in your uterus. That doesn't exist. That's a medical procedure that, like, would be great if it existed. It would save a lot of heartache for people who mm. are trying to get pregnant. But it does not exist. So you can't pass a law requiring a medical treatment that is impossible. I feel like these lawyers should have to prove that they're, like, vegan before supporting this type of stuff. Like, if you claim to care that much about human bodies, but, like, you go off and you eat chicken eggs. I think they just need to pass a basic, like, five-question exam about mm. reproductive health. That, too. Because it seems like they just don't know anything. Like, a fertilized egg that never implants? How would you even prove that? Aren't they, like, microscopic, too? Yes, you can't see them. Huh. And there, there's no... I, I have no control over that. Like, we tried to get pregnant for a little while before we got pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, like, I... W first of all, how tragic would that be if you're trying to get pregnant and every time you don't get pregnant, even if you're having unprotected sex, you have to, like, over fill to out the a lawyer's death office. certificate? Mm -hmm. But also, how the fuck are you going to prove that? And why? What's the point? There's no intent involved. It's not like you're trying to kill the fertilized egg. There's no way you can, like, you can't choose whether or not it implants in your body. Let's cancel that, Bill. I just... <sighs> okay. okay. I have one good news. That's it? To counterbalance all that? Yep, and it's about baseball. I doubt it. Did you hear that the Yankees hired a female hitting coach? No. Supposedly the first in the in the MLB, which is bad news in like itself. Like head but... hitting coach or assistant yeah. hitting coach? No, head hitting coach. Huh. Batting coach, hitting coach, whatever they Good for it. them. So, I thought that was a nice, a nice thing. I would be good at being... You would be. Maybe not a hitting you coach. You still but. tried to explain hitting to me and it's never clicked yet, mm. but... Someday, babe. Someday we'll get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, good news for me, I finished Catch-22 after a month. Not it took me about that long mm. to read it as well. I'm not sure I'm really, like, proud of myself or happy that I did it, but I did it. It was it's always going to sit on my bookshelf mm -hmm. and people were always going to say, oh yeah, what did you think of that? And I would always have to say, I haven't read it yet. I still can't believe you read that and you haven't read a single Kurt Vonnegut. Because to me... No, 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 I have not read Slaughterhouse-Five. Oh, you've read Player Piano. I've, I gave, like, the best grade in book digits to uh, Cat's Cradle as well. Yeah, that one's a strange one. Love that one. I tried three times to read Slaughterhouse-Five. Maybe hate five's travel. the magic number. Yeah. And I kind of hate war novels, too. Catch-22, the entire thing is a war novel. It's like Did I say pages. I liked it? I said the good news was that I finished it. I'm saying, and my point is that yeah. you read that one and not Slaughterhouse-Five, which Agreed. is now I can probably version. Now I could probably get through it. Yeah. My version of that is Great Expectations and Little Women, both of which are classics that I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to read those and have not gotten to them yet. I really need to read Little Women. Before the movie. Before the movie. It is on my Kindle. So yeah, Catch-22... Catch I was put off at the very beginning because there's a prologue by the author where he talks about how successful the book was. It's a little bit. <laughs> and how he wrote sequels. And I was like, I've never heard anyone talk about a Catch-22 sequel. Mm -hmm. So that must not have panned out well. Um, so it reminded me a lot of, like, some of the humor was like the movie Airplane, kind of. Yes, for sure. Which I did enjoy those bits where it's just like talking in circles and like a miscommunication. Yeah. Don't call me Shirley. That kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah. Um, I think there were some brilliant things to be said about like the whole military complex in terms of 
how it's kind of run just like a giant business. Yeah. Well, and the whole point of the whole point of the book, which is like, if you're smart enough to realize that you tell don't me what the point is, I agree with you. If you're yeah. smart enough to realize that you don't want to fly, the catch. then you're crazy. Then you're no. If you if you do want to fly, you're, you're crazy. crazy so you can't fly. Correct. And if you don't want to fly, that proves that you're sane, so you can you have fly. to fly. Yeah. yeah. That's the catch. And so the way that he tried now to get... I can finally use that phrase in my normal life because I've actually seen the thing. I've used it, and you always like you can't use that. You didn't read it. And I, I have read it. You're the one who yeah. hasn't read it. So now still we still don't know what Sophie's it. choice is. Rosemary's baby. Um. So yeah, I kind of wanted the book to be about. I never wanted them to mention a war, actually, mm. and the fact that it was World War Two. You wanted it to be off screen. Yeah, I did not enjoy the parts about the Milo the mess hall guy who had this like international cartel with how he's bought and sold vegetables to himself mm, yeah that was like a little too much for me i liked the first like 10 chapters when like he would introduce a new rank a new person and like have a whole story for them but when like one of those stories like went on for chapters and chapters it kind of lost me okay it's been a while since i read it yeah it took me a while to get through it but um, so yeah, that was my good news. The new Coldplay album came out today. That's what I had on today. It's strange. Oh, that's what you were listening to? Yeah. I thought, was the talking part of the album? That's or the was Police that Brutality video? song, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was very, I thought you put on instrumental Christmas music at first. Yeah, I knew I was going to fake you out. And I looked over and I was like, oh, this must be an old Coldplay CD that uh -huh. I don't know. Um, I just feel like it's a lose-lose for bands that are either beloved or hated. It's like, if they came out with like a classic retro album to themselves, people would be like, why are you not innovating? Yeah. And they try something weird and it's like, I want the old Why'd stuff. Why'd you break the, They can't make it. Why'd you break happy. what worked? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Music man. Okay. That's it. That's the end of our show. We didn't even get into any of our topics Oh, geez. Yet. Let's do a commercial break then. Um, We are getting close to the end of the year. We're in the final month. So home stretch. You should be checking your book digits account, b double o k d i g i t s dot com. We suffered an outage last Tuesday. I apologize, everyone. We're back now. Back up We're and running. Full speed. Yep. Uh, you can check your yearly goal and see if you're going to make it. I am one book away. So depending on when this baby arrives, I may or may not reach my goal. Yep. I am one book away. Got a couple books at the library. Good night, Moon. We'll book it. We'll book it in right now. Yeah. Well, we did finish our um finally finally like three years later finished our his dark materials reread so out we loud. both got to count that yes reading that out loud which is compendium very long and very the the sentence structure takes a long time to read out loud i have thoughts about this collection still good thoughts or bad thoughts i don't know it still doesn't it doesn't pull me in really is that supposed to be a pullman <laughs> We'll save it for whenever we talk about the show, too. Okay. But it just doesn't click for me. Like, Harry Potter, the, the first page, I was like, this is this is for me. I get this. I, I want to be pulled into this world. I read The Golden Compass before I read Harry Potter. And, and you were pulled in. Yes. Huh. Did a book report on in fifth grade, and my teacher had to call my mom and ask for permission for me to read the book, partially topic-wise, and mm -hmm. partially because it was very long, and she didn't think I would finish it in time. Oh, did somebody challenge Heather to a reading challenge? Yeah, I finished it, and I made Shocking. a really cool book report. Diorama. No, we had to make a tie with a scene from the book. Uh-huh. I don't know why. That seems but very drew, chauvinist. Like, the cover scene, kind of, with, like, the city and, like, the aurora in the background and stuff. Yeah. Which is your favorite book of the three? 
Probably the third one. Really? Yeah, not the second one. Really? I love Will and the different worlds, but that one just, like, was very second booky to me, where mm-hmm. it was kind of like trying to set up a lot of the stuff for the third book, and then you lose all the characters you wrote a love in the first book, like the Egyptians and Yorick and mm-hmm. even Lyra for a bit. Um, so you lose all that. Love the World mm-hmm. of the Dead stuff. Yeah. I like the Mulefa stuff. Yeah. As like a biology person. Mm-hmm. Um, and how everything comes together. Okay. I, like I can see why you like it, I guess. I, yeah. It's different reading it as an adult because you understand a lot of more of the subtext. Whereas as a kid, I was like, adventures and polar bears and cool new worlds. And now I'm like, wow, he really hated the Catholic Church. Right. Um, the TV show is also doing some weird stuff with the church aspect of it. We'll save it. Gosh, okay. who got us on that tangent? Anyways, um, with Book Digits, you can track your reading goals. You can add new books to your to read list. You can mark your current book and... Uh, keep track of all the books that you've read so you can easily go back and do a year in review of books and the see what your favorite children love the books we watched Elf, Elf on, on director's commentary what was the most insightful thing you learned um, insightful not insightful but mm. they filmed it in an old mental hospital which is in horrifying Vancouver, yeah. to me um, I think the most insightful part for me I guess was about the scenes they filmed in New York uh-huh. I really agreed with John Favreau about that about how it was essential to the movie to actually have New York scenes, like the outdoor streets, like the yeah. outdoor streets, and mm-hmm. the actual date and Rockefeller, Rockefeller um, Center ice skating, yeah. and even just like the coffee shop and like the outdoor street scenes and stuff. Like you can't fake that. Yeah. Like we've been watching a lot of Friends and um, other like all the Hallmark movies. Like yeah. it's so fake. It's so easy to tell when they are faking a city scene. Yeah. And I think Elf would have lost most of its magic if you didn't really think he was in New York City. Yeah. And have that juxtaposition of him in New York City. The thing that stuck to me was that on a, on multiple occasions he talked about the writers who were on his staff and how the script had come to them as a spec script from like years ago and they gave the guy a cameo for like selling them the script. But then at the end, he, like, started to rail on the guy's script because he was, like... Well, the chase did the guns. Yeah, he, he said that Buddy would end. have guns. It was meant to end with, like... Down Times Square. A shootout with yeah. the cops in Times Square with Buddy having a gun and Santa, like, getting shot at by the <laughs> cops or something. Yeah. Um. I also... This is embarrassing to admit. I did not know the Central Park Rangers were not real. I kind of assumed they weren't because I've been to Central Park a couple times and... I thought that, like, the incident they talked about was fake. Yeah. Like, I put them on the lot of list in 85 and they never forgave me But or you whatever. thought they might have their own... But I thought they might have their own police force. Because yeah. there are um, mounted police in New York City. Yeah. Aren't there? I don't know. On horseback? Anyway, I felt a little silly when he was like, obviously these are fake. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's not actually the movie we're talking about. No. If you want to hear our take on Elf, we did do a holiday special uh, a year or two ago. With a guest to talk about that? No. We did um, Elf and Love Actually. Best quotes and best scenes and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, you can go track that one down. Um, We are talking about... Into the unknown! I'm sorry for your ears. Uh, We are talking about Frozen (sighs) 2. So with our... um, 
kind of sad, lonely Thanksgiving this year. We went to the movies Thanksgiving night. Yep. Um, New tradition. I'm happy with it. It was great. There was nobody cheap there. Tickets. And it was cheap because it was a weeknight. Yep. They didn't even uprice it for the holidays. Um, so for 15 bucks total, yep. we got to see Frozen 2. Ended up being a very um, poignant movie to see on Thanksgiving because it's all about indigenous uh, justice, basically. Yep. Um, I was the one who wanted to see it. Uh, correct. I didn't really... I don't... Like, this Disney shit. <laughs> People are, like, rooting for Disney. Yeah. Like, as if Disney needs, like, like, uh, um... Troops. Charity. Yeah, like, the yeah, exactly. It's just, like, they're the most successful entertainment company... Ever. Anywhere. Yeah. Of all time. Like, they don't, they don't need they you don't to need go see business. a movie multiple times to, like, prop it up... They don't need you to subscribe to their service from day one to, like, make sure it survives. Like, they're going to be okay. They're okay. Yeah. yeah. They got some cash reserves, some stock yeah. some stock options. They're doing Man. Um, so you, I wanna... you like Pixar movies, too? Holy shit. Let's be friends. Um, I thought it was funny. Some of the trailers that were, like, Pixar, creators of this, this. It's like, everyone knows what Pixar movies are. You don't need to tell us, like, Pixar created them. Yeah. What the fuck was that Smurf Inside Out one? Yeah. Those are two different ones you're thinking of. Yeah, well, I'm confusing them all. There was the Inside Out one called Soul, and then there was that, yeah, that weird, was terrible. Um, like, Smurf half, troll. Half dad Pants one. Dad Pants, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they didn't even show us a Star Wars trailer. Yeah, because it's probably not PG. Maybe. Um, so I, wanted, I was the one who wanted to see Frozen 2. I was not, like, a huge, huge fan of the first Frozen movie, but I thought Frozen 2 looked interesting, mm -hmm. and I was intrigued enough to see it, and also well aware that... We're not going to be watching, or at least not going out to the movies very much once the little yeah. the little one arrives. So, um, I thought it was worth the $15. Um, yeah, it's fun. So, if you don't know the plot, the plot is basically, um, picks up pretty soon after the first Frozen, I think. In terms of, like, everything's settled, they're living their lives and playing charades and shit. And then... Elsa's got to fuck things up. Yeah, she's real bad at charades. But then she's, she's like, still just... not happy, even though uh, everything got solved from the first movie. And she's hearing these weird voices and kind of feels like she needs to go on an adventure. And remembers a very key thing that her parents told her many years yes, ago. when she was, like, five and remembers it very Contributes to her origin story. Yeah. Um, I figured out the twist pretty early on. In the movie? I, I did as well, but I was like, they're not going to do that. They did do it. Um, so spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen it and don't know the plot. Um, you find out that their dad, when he was little, went up to the Enchanted Forest to be part of some sort of treaty with the indigenous folks. Yeah. And it all goes awry. He almost dies and he gets saved. And I figured out pretty early on that it was their mom who saved him and she's indigenous because she had this like magical song that she sang. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of hinted at it. So as you put it, they like Elizabeth Warren to the two of them. Yeah. So I, sh I, I whispered that out in the theater because I was like, really in terms of the context of where it came out. Yeah. So they get into the forest on their can, own. Can I stop before this? Mm. They also just, like, very irresponsibly, like, the only two heirs of this nation yeah. just left their people in the charge of a troll. The, yeah, correct. The troll guy. They were just like, you got this right. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, we Leave your village. Like, did they bring enough? How many, how much supplies did they bring out of know. the town? I don't know. Right. They had to vacate the town because the Scooby-Doo gang, 
Is that how you use that? Scooby gang. Yeah, okay. You you were just talking about not using references you don't know about. You told me the other <laughs> I day. I to sneak that one past you. I have no connection to Scooby Doo. I used to watch Scooby Doo. Um, so, anyways, they get to the Enchanted Forest with their on their own volition. Mostly. They're they're like interacting with the spirits on their own volition, and then they confront the natives who are like, I, I forget how what their initial confrontation is they're like well they're like how did you get in here because yeah. they've been stuck in there for 30 years so the original um the original conflict yeah all those people got like trapped in the intention long forest time to fight a small little battle and have just been living in there right so my biggest question was why did they have to find out they were half native half indigenous half indigenous half uh blonde norwegian because they were meant to be like the link that was the whole the, the bridge. That was the whole point of the whole yeah. movie was that they needed to be a bridge between the the white people of Arendelle and yeah. the indigenous It folks. made me uncomfortable in that specific scene because, like, the indigenous people were, like, a little rightfully weary of these people who just came through the bubble. And yeah. then they were like, huh, how are we going to get them to trust us? They were like, where did you oh, get that shawl? Yeah. It was on my mother's. Oh, my God, she was indigenous. Let's You're sing one a of song us. for you. Yeah. Yeah. And in a movie that's trying to be, like, we have to confront the bad things that the white people did and find ways to, you know, rectify them. Yeah. S like, starting that off by saying, the easiest way to do that is to say you're one of them. Is like, Ugh. And also, that was part of the whole issue with Elizabeth Warren was that, like, blood does not make you indigenous. Exactly. Like, I was ready for them to go, you got a fucking shawl, girl? You haven't lived in this forest for 30 yeah. years. Bye-bye. You don't know our ways. Bye-bye. Like, you know one song from your mother and you have one <laughs> shawl. It does yeah. not mean you automatically understand our culture. Like, you haven't faced the struggles that we faced and you haven't... Yeah, so there was definitely a little bit of problems with, like, retconning... Is that how you call it? Mm -hmm. With, like, retroactively, like, making yeah. them indigenous and having them be accepted all of a sudden. Yeah. And yeah, Especially I believe, without like mm -hmm. without doing any sort of, they they weren't like, oh well now that you like you, we know that your mother was indigenous, let us teach you our ways. It was no. just kind of like, yeah, you to in. avoid an argument right now, let's do that, and then we're gonna split up again, and none of us will help you, and you kind of save us at the end as the white yeah, savior. A little bit. So I'm listing all the things that irked me about the movie. I rather enjoyed myself through it, but I would not give it a pass just because they got an indigenous group to sign some contract saying, yes, Disney is is doing their best or whatever that contract I mean, signed. <laughs> it's better than a lot of other Disney sure. movies have handled it. If you're going to like look back at Pocahontas, and then, Pocahontas yeah. and then come to this one, like I think they, they did their They've best. They've taken steps, sure. Yeah. Um, I was just impressed. We can go back to some other parts of it, but I was just impressed by the ending of the movie. Spoilers once again. Um, not very many... Uh, corporate films and with like yes eco-terrorism is the only answer we have to go destroy that dam yeah I don't know if I had like a premonition or something but like earlier that day I had been like I don't really understand dams and I don't really <laughs> trust them I think it was before seeing the movie it's just one of those things that people are like, it was some internet article or something where they were like, go see the wonders of the world. And they were like, go see the Hoover Dam. And I was like, I'm not sure I believe in dams. They're not great for the environment because you end up artificially making a very giant um, pond or lake. Yeah, the water flooding. has to go somewhere. So it floods the land above it. Yeah. And then the, all the, none of the animals can get to the land below it, that river yeah. below it. 
And this does, because it creates some electricity? Well, you get a, like a pressure, a giant pressure differential, so you can pump hydroelectric mm. power because you have so much water power here and you let it go through the turbines. You can control the water, so you let it go through the turbines to get the power when you need it or Skeptical. you can stop it. Skeptical. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I was just a little impressed that they just went straight for that. But yeah. I kind of, they took away some of my uh, impressed, being impressed by it when they didn't actually destroy their city. I was going to say, yeah. Like, like everything it was very worked Harry out Potter, as... Like, we meant to. <laughs> I meant to die, so that counts. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, we meant to let our city get destroyed. So even though it magically got stopped by spirits and a water horse, yeah. uh, we meant to, so it's fine. Like, no, actually suffer something. Yeah. Once again, the white people, like, tried to do their best and didn't actually suffer very much. Yeah. My biggest question going into the movie was, why did she have to fight the ocean? Um, and I knew the answer was that they clearly had a team from Moana who, like, worked, like, probably, like, eight years on how to animate water. I feel really yeah. bad for those people. Great work, though, by the way. <laughs> um, and they were, like... These people have been sitting here, they have, they're on a pension now. <laughs> we need to put them to work. Um, I just thought it was weird that, first of all, that scene lasted so long in the trailer and it was so short in the movie. Yeah. But the part about their parents, like, that was a good reveal, mm-hmm. but it seemed to, like, get brushed aside real fast. The boat scene? Yeah. Yeah. Where they find their parents, find out how their parents died, find out why their parents died, and then they just go their separate ways and move on. Yeah, and Elsa's story from there, there isn't much to her. It all sort of happens elsewhere. But, elsewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, I overall liked it. I enjoyed myself. The songs are not super memorable, but coming from me, I didn't think Let It Go was that memorable. Nah. Um, I thought the, like, the lyrics and the setups for most of the songs are all the same. They're like... I'm starting yes. by singing slowly. I have a lot of feelings. Now and they're going to burst out of me. Find the next rhyme. And then another rhyme after that. Yeah. Especially and, uh, Jonathan Groff's like, Groff's, like, 80s power ballad. That like, one, to at me, at, for me at least, had, like, its own shit. The shtick. lyrics were a little cringy to it, though. Oh, yeah. Like, it was the same thing where he's kind of trying to find the chorus. And you're like, is this yeah. the chorus? I'm lost without you. I'm lost in the woods, something. Lost in the woods, yeah. Um... I found out in an interview that he did all the voices for all of the reindeer. So nice. he did his own backup um, Vocals, singing for that. Yeah. I'm just glad they gave him a song. Yeah. And I'm glad they let the boy have like the, let a boy have like an emotional power ballad. Right. Have okay. you seen the Kristen Bell comments about it? Yeah. So I do think like they hit the mark on that aspect. Like I know people are in an uproar because Elsa didn't kiss a girl in this movie or whatever. She did not. Um... Maybe she's your first asexual princess. I was going to say, by the way, mm. that they set it up at the beginning with her being like, ew, kissing is gross. Yeah. When they the, when they were the little girls playing at the very first right. scene that maybe she is asexual. Um, but yeah, they definitely they definitely play that right in the sense that Kristoff um, is like super supportive. He's the one that's like nervous about their relationship mm-hmm. and like is trying to figure out the love stuff and just is like along for the ride with the heroes. And so that's a really cool uh, arc flipping. And like kind of like a subtle gender swap. Like it wasn't, yeah. he wasn't like, I'm going to wait here at home for you and bake cookies. No. Like they didn't try and like put it in your face. But when you think yeah. about, like I think Kristen Bell's quote was like, all the little boys that will understand it's okay to have emotions and to feel sure. your emotions and to like sing a song about them. And it's not like girly to sing a song about having feelings. 
Um, and then the girls like were the ones that went out and did all of the action scenes and the saving right. the saving the right. day. And more of the character development was the princesses. Olaf Queens. is not nearly as funny as the first one. Like his one liners just aren't there. Yeah. But he's very insightful. Like I loved the water memory thing, like from the first time he mentioned it and like the way that kept coming back and ultimately proved quite critical. And it's like a little bit true too. Like the yeah. same water on earth has just been recycled over and over and over. We don't make new water yeah. generally. Yeah. You can with hydrogen oxygen, but mm, or dams. <laughs> generally like the water is just recycled with the water cycle so yeah. it really is the same water like the dinosaurs drank yeah like that we still have on earth i didn't quite get whether he thought he was young or old he thought he was young he thought he was young but like getting old got it and that's why he was getting all like um philosophical right so yeah i did enjoy bits of that but by far the best part was him retelling the first movie in like 60 Very seconds. Very like Andy Dwyer-esque. That was worth my seven bucks, yeah. And like the reactions from the people watching too, like yeah. they were really into it. It was really funny. Yeah. Not not the audience watching, the people in the movie that were watching yeah. his reenactment. So yeah, I think for a sequel, the story was actually pretty solid. I think a lot of times in sequels, you're like, wow, you're really reaching for a plot line here. Mm -hmm. I think the story was pretty solid in terms yeah. of getting a little bit more of origin of like their powers and, and figuring out more about the land that they live on and and all of that and i i think mm -hmm. it also set it up nicely spoilers again for for anna to be the ruler because obviously elsa never really wanted to be the ruler mm -hmm. didn't really connect with the people or care about having the gates open or whatever so yeah. i think the ending made a lot more sense for their characters in terms of anna and um christoph mm -hmm. being the rulers and having it potentially having heirs and all of that and yeah. Elsa focusing more on her powers. So I think like it actually had a decent storyline. I think the actual pacing of it was a little funny. Um, okay. Um, it was a little jumpy. Yeah. But I think over the overall, like the storyline, the plot was pretty good. I was also impressed with the ending that they didn't like, like how to train your dragon three. It mm. was so over epilogued that it like was painful. Yeah. And this was not. When they had them all dressed up at the end, I was like, all right, it's going to be their wedding or their kid's baptism or something. And they didn't go there at all. No. They, like, un unveiled a, a statue. Charades on Friday, that's it. <laughs> they unveiled a statue to uh, commemorate um, in peace with the indigenous people. Right. Um, and stuck with that angle instead of trying to go for, like, weird pigeonholed happy ending thing so so did what was the first disney proper movie to get a sequel in theaters because i read one thing that was like remember in the old days this would have been it would have gone straight to dvd yeah. and we would have been happy about it straight to vhs yeah um toy story maybe i'm saying like non-pixar so did they never do one disney drawn art sequel Lion King, they Aladdin. They came on VHS. That's what I'm saying. None of them went to theaters first. I don't think so. Interesting. Okay. Like Little Mermaid has a two. Pocahontas has a two. Mm -hmm. Mulan has a two. I wish I didn't have to say that. It's the best <laughs> movie of all time. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Let's keep it moving. So the other two that we're going to touch quickly on, we have a book and a video game mm -hmm. that we are going to quickly touch on i think because why why do we have why do we have to speed through the book hon um because i didn't finish it a dnf 
did not finish. Oh my gosh. Um, I really tried with this book. <laughs> Medium tried with this book. <laughs> okay. I will be the first to admit that I've not been in the best reading mindset lately between not feeling well, being pregnant, and being busy with school, and just being tired. I have not had a ton of extra energy for reading. Like if I come home from work after a long day, I'm tired or don't feel good. I'm not like, I'm going to go use my brain more and read. Mm -hmm. So I've not been in the best reading mindset. That being said, I have finished other books recently. Yeah, not an excuse here. Um, the book we're talking about is Aurora Rising, which I was like really excited about when I first heard about it. And then like medium excited about it as it actually came out. Amy Kaufman, Jay Kristoff, authors yes, of... authors of Illuminate, the Illuminate mm -hmm. Files which we talked about in this podcast, two different podcasts, I think. At least, yeah. Um, that we really enjoyed the whole series, but especially the first book, how innovative it was and unique it was and still had good characters and a good kind of YA storyline, mm -hmm. but also had a lot of good sci-fi tropes and had a lot of good things to say about it. Aurora Rising, none of those things. Yeah. I made it through the first part, which was like maybe a third of the book. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'd been reading the book for, like, three weeks, which for me is a very long time. Like, unless I really actually don't have time to read it. Like, today I read a whole book this morning because mm -hmm. it was a snowy Sunday morning and I haven't been reading much lately and got some new books from the library and I sat and read it for two hours and finished it. Aurora Rising should not have been that difficult to read. It's, like, YA writing style. Yeah. Not very long. And it took me, like, three weeks to get, like, 100 pages in because <laughs> I just did not care. And once I got past that part, I was like, I honestly, honestly don't care about any of the characters or any of the mysteries they set up. Like, I'm yeah. not intrigued. I'm not attached to the characters. I'm not, like, in, in, in it for the mystery. I don't care. And I asked you, I was like, because you read it before me for once. I asked you and I was like, does it get any better? And you were like, no. <laughs> so I stopped reading it. Yeah, so I went into skim mode pretty much the same spot where you stopped. So I'm not in much of a better place to talk about it. Um, I mean, it had the same kind of energy as Illuminate in a similar kind of setting oh, and like cast. Like the scrappy underdog teenagers that, and that end up having to um, like take down a conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, but it just didn't work. The... The, the characters themselves were kind of blah or just very tropey or very stereotyped. Like one of the characters was literally Spock. Correct. Right. So there's, uh, it tries to mash up basically Star Trek, Gardens of the Galaxy. It tries really hard yep. to be. Um, but I guess those are the main two ones. But it just didn't work. It had a lot of sci-fi tropes. Tyler is the lead, quote unquote. So boring. Um, it's written individual perspectives by like seven different characters i think none of whom have an individual voice at all no um and it just ugh. and the girl was a little xenon-y the aurora or, girl who's like lost in time kind of yeah mm. she didn't do it for me and the mysteries i was like almost intrigued by some of her mysteries yeah and then i just wasn't it wasn't enough to keep me reading and for me, like like I said, lately I'm struggling a little bit with focusing on reading anyways. Mm -hmm. So if 100 pages and three weeks in, yeah. I'm not into it, then it's not. I'm never going to finish also, it. Also, I felt like the book itself was kind of disingenuous. Like the very opening 
is Tyler missing the draft for his team? Because apparently this future civilization, like, only recruits children to go into their battles and stuff. Um, so yeah, so he gets like the last pick of everybody and it's supposed to be like, oh man, he's going to get stuck with like the worst of the worst. Turns out like everyone on his squad is like fantastically good at their jobs. They just just all all have a a quirk or something. Um, but yeah, it's not even like, I didn't even really buy into the band of misfits thing. No. Um, they weren't really that much of misfits. They all just seemed like socially awkward or like... They didn't get along very well. So, like, I don't even care what the end was. That's the ridiculous thing. In Illuminate, I was immediately, like, yeah. intrigued by the mystery and the setup of it. And um, and even the characters, I was like, yeah, I want to see what happens to them. I just didn't care in this book. I gave up. And yeah. I just saw the, the um, teaser for the sequel. Yeah. Uh, Aurora Burning or something. Good for you for um, whatever publisher has picked this up, but... Yikes, to it have to not, push through did not a have three the book magic. deal there. It did not have the magic of... So many fake reviews on Amazon right now, too. Man. It just didn't do it for me. Um, do you have any other critiques from further than I read? Well, one of the big issues is the section that you stopped at right before. They get to, like, this interplanetary... International Space Station, which is, like, humongous. And it was just, like, way too big of a setting for the book to even take place at. And they, nev- like, never ended up exploring anything else. Like, they didn't even seem like they really wanted to do a galactic adventure. Mm, it was, you know, like... It reminds me of Voltron. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. Because there's, like, the princess who wakes up after a long time. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, that's about it. So, yeah, Sorry. We Sorry, can't really our Australian author it. friends, but mm. didn't do it for us. I was excited about it, excited by the premise, and the cover was cool and stuff, and then I just couldn't get into it mm-hmm. to the point where I didn't finish it, which is decently rare for me. Life's too short. Life's too short to read bad books. All right, we got one other quick segment before bedtime. Yeah, we finished a video game, and by we, I mean <laughs> you, that I kind of helped with strategizing sometimes. True. Yeah, no, it was it was partially a team effort. Um, the video game is Doom, the more recent... PS4 Doom. PS4 yes. Doom. I have zero nostalgia for Doom. I don't think I ever played... When I say Doom, people are like, oh yeah, Doom from like the yeah, 80s. People still play it. Um, how how would you even play that like old video game style? Some laptop emulator probably. Anyway. No, I mean like how with the controls and the bad graphics. Oh, this is keyboards, so... yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's Mars, but hell... Right, so you end up, you start off in a, like a Mars laboratory that has opened the gates. The bad lady has tried to open a gate to hell. So there's all these demons there. and also right. zombies. So yeah, it's a first-person shooter, pretty straightforward in that sense. You pick up different weapons along the way. Some sweet-ass weapons. Some sweet-ass weapons, some unique attacks. They have the chainsaw thing, which I guess is a Doom thing, because that's not in any other games. But that makes the melee attack a lot better. Um, there's the cool thing where, like, you shoot people and you stun them to a point where you can then go melee and get free stuff from them. Or you can just panic, if you're me, and just punch mm. as many people, as, as many of the zombies as you can, and you get bonus points for yeah. that. So there's a decent range of bad guys, although 
the game is definitely repetitive in terms of level by level. You end up in the same type of situations with yeah. like a whole a bunch of waves of bad guys. Sometimes you'll like do a loop around a location and it brings you back to the same exact room and you have to just fight a larger group of bad yeah. guys. My um it's very graphic. Yeah. It's definitely a It's definitely a grown ups game. Yeah. Like I would not recommend it to my middle schoolers. <laughs> Like, it's just very unnecessarily graphic sometimes. Like, the way that you kill them half the time is just, like, imploding their bodies. Yeah. The, all the, the alien you take things. the tooth out and you shove it back in. You take his eyeball out and the shove it down his guy, throat. Yeah. Like, real... Or the chainsaw one is real gory. Yeah. So it's really gory. Um, my trouble with it was that I am not good at switching weapons in no. in a fight situation. No. So... You'd be there with the I, pistol. I am. I like first-person shooter games where you can kind of stick with one or two weapons mm -hmm. and just do your best. This is was not that game. This game relied no. a lot on switching weapons. Because you were on always who your running low was. on ammo, or every enemy required a different type. So yeah, you had to be quick. So not only did you have to remember which type to use for the enemy, but you had to be real quick on the yeah. um, controls for switching to a different weapon, and that's where it lost me. In some of the mm -hmm. earlier levels. I held my own okay when there was only a couple weapons and a couple different types of bad guys. But when there got to be like 12 different um, enemies that all needed some sort of different weapon with different ammo and stuff, couldn't do it anymore. Right. So I took over the reins, but you were very helpful in pointing out to me where different power-ups and different things were. Because when you are trying to shoot and aim at and a million different zombies, yeah. It's hard to strategize of where to jump and where to yeah. go. I also... We've talked about this before when we played Last of Us. I have um, a little bit better than you at having like um, a video game um, sense of direction sometimes. Yeah, no, I never know where to go. And this game relied a lot on knowing. Some of the levels were a little bit of a maze. Yeah, I appreciated that I didn't have to live inside the map like on some games. Yeah. Um, to me, it felt the most like um, Titanfall. Which is the one I played. I think earlier this year. <laughs> you were yeah. Like the Transformer guys. Yeah, exactly. Or the um. Yeah. Jaegers, like from um, Pacific Rim. Yeah, exactly. Um, that one had the unique twist of, yeah, you were inside of the giant robots and you could do like the super jump stuff. Um, this one I thought was a little bit more polished and the actual like shooting gameplay was more fun. Yeah. Um, the, the physics of the movements and the jumps weren't always spot on, but um, I yeah, enjoyed that part as jumps well. Yeah, some of the jumps were... It would be hard to do a little jump, and all of a sudden, then you could jump yeah. like a hundred yards. Yeah, um, I'm mostly just proud of myself because I played it on normal, and I'm not a great first-person shooter. Uh, and the bosses at the boss at the end was really hard. Yeah, especially when he she regenerated. Yeah, I told you. I didn't tell you because I didn't think you were gonna. It would. I didn't think it would motivate you. Yeah. I had to Google it. Um, so yeah, I didn't have to cheat too much on Google or anything to find it. You know, it had like completionist aspects if you wanted to collect a bunch of shit or whatever. I skipped most of that. It's a fun game to play through the, the single player campaign. I also think that it had a good, uh, a good balance of like, there were kind of some little side games and mm -hmm. like if you explored a little extra, you could get some different bonus power-ups and stuff. Yeah. But... It was pretty straightforward mission-based, which I think is yeah. more your gameplay style. Yeah, it like, was just about, just about the extent of my, like, interest in leveling up weapons and shit. Yeah. Like, 
Like, it's Witcher one, gets ridiculous. Yeah, so, and that's, again, one of the reasons I dropped out of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Because it was like, you have to upgrade your bow and get the super bow and you can level up the case that the bow stays in. And I was like, no. Like, if you want to tell me I leveled up, that's great. I don't want to have to make all these decisions and, like, be like, oh, shit, did I just waste my money over there or waste my point there? Here, the game would constantly remind me that I hadn't, like, upgraded my armor or whatever. But I got through the game fine. And, like, it gave you some different fun... um power-ups and stuff yeah find yeah. options for the weapons if you use them but like yeah. it wasn't like you were gonna fail if you didn't use them no um it makes me appreciate uh uncharted more i think from like start to finish that was like the best most balanced game i've played on ps4 and i have the old ones one through three to play and i just asked for the other side story for christmas um because that one is a perfect blend of like action adventure shooting puzzle um and like exploration exploration as well yeah this doom didn't really do it for me in terms of the exploration because it was all just mars slash hellscape like the actual scenery yeah yeah you switched between being inside like a space station yeah or being outside on mars correct and that was kind of it and it kind of stole from like portal and all those games with like funny robotic voices from like an office environment type thing yeah there were some funny some funny lines and stuff from this terrible experiment um i would say it was also just about the perfect length yeah i'm big on video game length like that just like you had to play for a long time to get through it and the, some of the levels were kind of long but like yeah. you eventually it was beatable like it wasn't yeah. like you have to play for six years to i did get it to over like two and a half weeks three weeks maybe and yeah i felt like i had achieved something especially at the end by beating the boss but I knew that I was making progress. It wasn't like an endless game. It also had just the right amount of story and that mm. there was not very much and you could skip it. Yeah. Didn't feel bad about it. No. Because no. what Witcher had a little too much story for me, but that's the point of Witcher. You could skip right. some of it. What was that other one that we played that was just like so much... Like, oh, The Last of Us. Yeah. That had like movies. It wants to be a like, movie. Yeah, yeah. It had like movie yeah. scenes. I don't think there's any like cut scenes in Doom really. Just some short, like, monologues. Yeah, when you're watching one of the not like holograms, a, maybe, or but something. But not, like, a full, like, movie scene that you no. just have to sit there and, like, hope that it doesn't take too long. Yeah. So I appreciated, too, that it had a story. Yeah. But at the same time, you didn't have to, like, sit through endless cut scenes. Take it like, or leave it. Try to make it a movie or something. It yeah. very much felt like a video game. All right, this poor laptop that I'm replacing this week is almost out of battery, so I think we're in lightning round mode. All right. Upcoming. I have no upcoming, so done. Um, Schitt's Creek uh-huh. is coming back January 7th for you its last season. development. We're going to watch it. Once we finish our Brooklyn, mm. Brooklyn Nine-Nine rewatch, that's yeah. going to be our short sitcom. Okay. Um, I think there's some parts that you would like. Just fold in the cheese. <laughs> when we were baking and cooking the other day, I showed you one scene that <gasps> we I We didn't talk of. about our baking wrap-up from this year. Huh? Quick review of uh, Pushing Daisies, episode four. Oh, uh, this was a better episode. It was pretty good. This was um, more cohesive. It's the one where there's a pilot and prison. Pilot. Oh, a pilot and prison and a pigeon. pigeon. Man, that pigeon movie with Will Smith and Tom Holland. Big mistake. Every single time you get confused about it. Man, it always throws me for a loop. I know. We've seen the trailer quite this a few times. This isn't the pigeon. Oh, it's the pigeon, it's the pigeon movie. movie. They got okay. me again. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, so Schitt's Creek is coming um, back for their final season. Yeah. So I'm interested 
to watch that. I never like was obsessed with it. Like some people are like, it's perfection. It's not perfection. <laughs> it's a bad sitcom. Oh, um, talk to everybody in five years. Like yeah. Game of Thrones. Like people were in love with Game of Thrones people, like, and now they're like so fast. Season four I didn't even really like, to be yeah. honest. You loved it. Shut <laughs> up. You loved it. So Shits Creek is just like a fun sitcom to watch. Just let it be. They, um it's reverse Parks and Rec, which I struggle with mm-hmm. in that um, and Parks and Rec is all about like you follow the people in this town and then new people come in and then you have to prove to the new people that the town is great and like the the what the viewer is already on the side of the townspeople. Look at you, yeah. This is the opposite mm-hmm. where you're from the perspective of the rich people coming into the shitty town and yeah. then the shitty town has to prove itself to you and to the characters. Yeah. And I struggle with that a little bit. It's I think it's a lot easier for me to empathize with like wholesome small town people sure. with some outsiders coming in versus you ended up being on the side of like the dickheads. The spoiled it is tough to people. humanize that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I struggled a little bit with that aspect of it. Um, but there are some funny parts and David's um, Dan Levy's character, uh-huh. his like progression and his storyline and his later um, love interest and love story are just really beautifully done. So I think there, I think there's some parts that you would find funny. It's also pretty short and easy to get through. So I think that'll be our like next short sitcom. That's fine with me. I'm sure I've lost a bit where. (laughs) Well, that's like what what happened with Brooklyn Nine-Nine where it was like, you're like, I don't think I've ever actually seen the beginning seasons. And I was like, I didn't pay much attention to them. I think we're getting close to where I'm at. So I'm not sure when I'm going to want to stop, but we'll see. Okay. Well, I'm happy to switch to Schitt's Creek sometime. Okay. Um, Sex Education, the next season's coming out, too. That's someone I watched you on Netflix. You only watched, like, one episode, didn't you? I ended up watching the whole thing. Oh, my. I. It felt like it should have been a movie and not, like, ten episodes. Like, it was way too long for what it was. Preach. But there were a couple characters that I cared about, so mm. I'll put it in my Netflix queue. I don't know if I'll get to it. Okay. Um, John Mulaney has a special yep. coming out. Are Touching you children, about that? yeah. You keep trying to find, whenever you're bored, you keep trying to find comedy specials that work for you. And the only one who's ever made you happy is John Mulaney. Fact. So, I thought you'd be happy that he had, like, a sketch thing coming out. I'll check it out. Um, Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue is coming to HBO. Okay. It's a book that I have on the bookshelf over there. Uh Uh-huh. I am actually intrigued because I think it would make a better TV show than a a book. Hmm. It's... As a book, it was a little bit jarring because it was like, adventure, next part of the adventure, next part of the adventure, now there's pirates, now there's treasure in a cave. And you're like, what happened? Like, this started off as like a boy and his best friend and you find out he has a crush on his best friend and they're going on like a a summer vacation. Uh, And it's it's like Regency. It's like old. It's like a period piece. I thought it was like a modern high school romance. It's like a period piece. Um... And then all of a sudden, like, there's, like, pirates and a lost treasure and all this intrigue. And it escalates very quickly. And, like, the tone shift is very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, so it you goes saw from, it as a screenplay. Kind of. I mm-hmm. think that that type of plot works much better for a TV show where it's, like, every episode you have to have another dramatic thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Outlander, same thing. Reading the book, you're like, are they going to get rescued again? Whereas <laughs> the TV show, you're like, oh, that's the next episode. Yep. Like, it makes more sense to have some dramatic reveals each episode. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you read it in a book, you're like, are you, are you serious? So I'm excited to see what they do with it. I also think it's, it'll be interesting because it's a period piece, but it's not like the one I'm going to mention next. Emma, the movie. I figured you were going to comment on that. 
I have so little interest in seeing it. I don't know if it's because the main girl just looks super boring to me. <laughs> I don't know if it's because Emma is, like, not my favorite Jane Austen novel. I haven't read it yet. I don't know if that's just because I'm not a huge, like, period piece person. I'm not, like, like, I have a lot of friends who are, like, I could just watch them over and over. Like, yeah. I have a lot of opinions about which Pride and Prejudice is best. Yeah. And, like, every time they're sick, they just want to watch, like, Jane Austen adaptations. And, like, once in a while I'll watch them, but that's not, like, my, my wheelhouse. Yeah, I don't really, like, long for the days when, like, people lived to age 40. And they had bonnets. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that movie just does not look good to me. Yeah. And we, we, wasn't that trailer? On In theaters? Frozen? On Frozen? That is not a kid's movie Pretty either. sure, yeah. Give me the Star Wars trailer. Um, what was your take on it? On Emma? On the trailer. You said you haven't read the book. I'm still scared that everything's going to try to do what this... Uh, this uh emily this uh dickinson dickinson one yeah is doing yeah. so i'm just on edge <laughs> okay <laughs> when my miranda liked the dickinson one lee scoresby you say yeah uh, i think that's all i had you didn't have any upcomings nothing not looking forward to anything <gasps> pop culture wise okay thanks <laughs> okay i think that's all we had then okay kids so we'll hopefully see you next time be well and uh happy thanksgiving and happy december peace